For those that don't know your awakening story, that moment of grace where you received these um, questions of inquiry, I would love for you to share. I just think it's so, so powerful. And I know many people out there listening find themselves in a state that they feel like they will never get out of. Yeah. 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 So I was um I was sleeping on the floor um you know all night and into the morning just as we always do and um, as love would have it a cockroach crawled over my ankle over my foot and I opened my eyes and before the before the ego could fill in that space could grab that space I saw how the world, how my world was created. I saw, I was looking at a window that wasn't, in a room that wasn't, and in the absence of ego, no, there was no self-reference. And then the mind, the ego, the apparent ego kicked in, and there was a window, and then there was light coming through the window. And when I, I, I began to laugh, that was the first sound out of, because I just, it's like, I got the joke. I got it. <laughs> and then there was, an, an, in that, there was an, just the ceiling and walls and a floor and an eye. And the eye didn't happen till after. I could only repeat that after the fact, and it can never be true. I'm always pointing to the illusion and the way out of it. And all of that was the experience mm. on the floor. And it's, um, you know, something that profound is... Um, that's immovable. That cannot be denied. Mm. It's, you know, we we go to sleep at night and let's say we're not dreaming. We wake up the next morning and the ego owns, owns it. I, I am, I'm awake. I'm, I'm late for work. Mm -hmm. I want coffee. I need to brush my teeth. I, so that identification, I, identification that does not sleep and we wake up with it or we don't wake up. It's just that by some grace, uh, I beat the ego to it <laughs> by some grace. And where did you find yourself at that point that that night into morning that you were believing at what point in your life was, was this? It was, Oh gosh, that was in 1986, a long, like 30 something years ago. And I was in a halfway house for women with eating disorders. And it is the only place my insurance company would, that's the only place they said, yes, I can go to. I was uh, following 10 years. This was following 10 years of, of agoraphobia, of just sheer terror, eating disorder. I was over 200 pounds, but I'm describing a thinking disorder. 
with all of this, the agoraphobia, a thinking disorder, the compulsive overeating, a thinking disorder. Life is a thinking disorder if we are not happy in it. And it's still an illusion. And I recommend it. (laughs) A place where we can laugh and share experiences. And Mm -hmm. for me, to honor the the gift that was given in that state of grace, that immovable, all these years later. It's really interesting, you know, I'm assuming then you heard the voice that brought you to the walking, the walk or die. And it's interesting at that state where you had the agoraphobia and the eating disorders at the halfway house that you didn't think that the death would be reprieve for the pain and that it caused you to move. Do you think that, or what do you think that is about? Do you feel like it was like a higher self conversation or did you ever think about suicide? Like, did your thoughts ever consume you so much so that you wanted to exit the earth? Yes. For those, for those prior 10 years. Yes. Yeah. That was just, just painfully suicidal. Yeah. I thought that was the way out. Yeah, I, I had no idea there was another way out. But the way out is, is to look inward, mm-hmm. and that is the way out of suffering. If if we can, and it's so um, it's it's so <laughs> say handy dandy. It's there are thoughts we can identify them and question them. We can identify them and bring them into the world on paper, and they're stable, so that we can question mm-hmm. them and. Um, within the situation where we were experiencing the pain, actually. I am curious in your work and hearing from so many people all over the world, especially, you know, say we take the example of the thought disorder around eating or body dysmorphia. And Kristen and I were having a conversation before this just around taking radical responsibility and how that can yeah. be really mm, off-putting for people, you know, and, and, and they become resistant and perhaps um, defensive. Oh, it's horrible. How have you found a way in, you know, like to, to really bring light? It's, com- it's comparison, the ego, that's the, you know, the ego's favorite thing. It's like, if, if you uh, have a, um, very low opinion of of your body, like you know, I'm ugly, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm not as. It's always about comparison, and if you get really still, and you just consider, if I didn't compare this body with any other body, you know, is it possible? to think less of your body. And I think that's one of the first steps, you know, without, because comparison is the ego, that's its trick. You know, two, in other words, the opposite of duality is, is, is where we get clear. So also mm-hmm. when people, if they write down what they're thinking and believing about their body and they look at it and question it, then it can really wake us up to that is not I. And, and uh, you know, like body and 
what I'm thinking about the body. Now, one of those is, is, is off and it's got to be the mind because it is the mind that says there's something unattractive about my body or terrible or ugly or, you know, whatever it is. So if you write down your thoughts about your body and you question them and in questioning is a, it, that's a big ask because we're going where we're going beyond the ego to um, to see what is there that the ego wants to hide. But for example, would you rather have, when you think of your body, would you rather have a beautiful, healthy, flexible body? And you had to make a choice between that, that you want so badly, let's say, and you had to make a choice between that and I want my thoughts about my body. I want my thinking to be beautiful, healthy, and flexible. Which one would you choose if you had to make the choice? And that's what we're talking about. I want my thoughts about my body to be healthy and flexible and about life. So uh, that's just, you know, just a, a small example of, and if we love what we think, we love ourselves. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose. And follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.